Hello everybody, we are here for Tuesday Talks. Tuesday Talks is all about getting to know an individual and finding out what makes them tick, what do they care about, how their career reflects that and what motivates them to keep going. Now, today's guest is Susanna Kohlberg. Uh, now, she's an author, coach who helps uh, overgivers and people pleasers learn to set boundaries and say no without feeling mean. Wouldn't we all want to feel uh, feel that we don't want to feel mean when we're saying no? Um, Suzanne is also known for her straight talking and her wacky t-shirts. I'm not sure if we're going to see any wacky t-shirts today, but uh, um, let's wait and see. Um, let's grab Suzanne to come on here. Hello. Hello, Zeeshan. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you very much uh, for hopping on, uh, Suzanne. I have done a short introduction for you already. Um, but, you know, you're the best person to expand on that. So let us know who you are, what you do. And biggest question would be, why do you do it? Certainly. I was going to say, in terms of wacky T-shirts, I've got Cruella de Vil on today. I don't know how much oh. of you can see. It's like, there is an explanation, of course, and it says down the bottom, I'm not a very nice person. <laughs> and a little cartoon meme of Cruella DeVille. Um, so nice. my name's Suzanne Kohlberg. It's actually Wednesday Talks here. I'm in the future. <laughs> I, I know, right? So, so let's start with where you are now. So yeah, let's, let's, let, let's let the audience know where you are. So I'm in Sydney, Australia. And yeah, it's, and it's early Wednesday morning here. <laughs> Future's looking good. Yeah. Certainly is. <laughs> and what I do, I am the nope coach. So I help folks learn to say no in a way that feels good. So when they say no to others, they can say yes to themselves and get the stuff done that they want to get done. Because so many of us, we'll do it. we're planning. We've got big plans to do after after the kids are older or after Christmas, mm. after our birthday, after whatever. And if we're always looking for a reason not to do something, we'll always find it. So I help people to actually say no to others so they can say yes to themselves and, yeah, finally take that action that they've been putting off to one day. I, I really love that. I really love that because uh, nobody thinks of it this way, right? When you're saying um, yes to other people or anything else, you're saying no to yourself, uh, which is, which is. I mean, I will say in the last few years, I've been I've been looking into it myself as as well. You know, because a lot of things that I said no to. Um, so the question comes back to you in terms of right. So why are you doing that, Susanna? Is that is that, is that a story behind it? <sighs> it's a long story short. <laughs> um, it's I just reached a place where I realised that I had all the things that I was supposed to do, like, you know, I'd gotten married, I had the kids, I had the job, but I just didn't feel the way that I was supposed to feel. And I think so many of us end up in this situation. We have all the external trappings of success and you can't ever say that you're not happy or whatever because you, you've done all the things. And it's like, well, what actually is missing? And to take a risk and to do something like I had a, a nine to five job for, you know, many years, I drove a desk. And when people say their jobs are soul sucking, like <laughs> I totally get it. And it's like, why, why do we do it? And people would say, you know, could you just, could you just, and you're like, sure. You don't even pause mm. to ask what it is. You just become the yes person. And then often inside you're screaming no like no I don't want to bake the cookies for the school sale no I don't want to cut six kilos of onion for the um, barbecue no I don't you know but you just end up in this space where you're always saying yes to everybody else and then sometimes it, you reach a point where you need some help and sometimes you know you can assume because you've done all this stuff there's this universal ledger <laughs> mm. And when you get to a place where you need some help yourself, it's really difficult to ask for. So that's a whole other thing. How many of us are the first person to volunteer but will never actually ask for help because we don't want to impose? What are we saying about the people that we're helping? <laughs> 
So, and then it's like, yeah, do I, do I really want to do all these things anymore? And um, is it serving me? And for a lot of the time it was no. So it kind of, it started from there. I see. It's, it's quite wonderful to hear that, you know, like, so it started from where you, your, your journey coming from the, the regular nine to five and being behind the desk and driving the desk. And and I, I being coming from the corporate background myself, you can yeah, they the way they just go oh yeah, do you mind just doing this? Oh, five minutes of this that we know it's never never a five minute thing. What they're asking is literally few hours or the next day, and you've you've just committed to it being nice. Um, so how can how can somebody say no without being mean? That's something I want to know as well, and I'm sure everybody wants to know. So the first thing is. If someone asks you something, is the pause before you actually jump in and say immediately yes. So a lot of people feel uncomfortable saying no in the beginning. So I wouldn't say, because we have this pendulum. We go from saying yes to everything to often saying no to everything and then penduluming back. So it's doing it in a healthy way. Like, so thank you so much for asking. Let me get back to you. So that just gives you that pause to actually check, is this something that I want to do? And like, so, so anyone asked me for it. So if you're like, Hey, Suzanne, I've loved this chat so much. Let's do it again tomorrow. Thank you so much for asking Zishan. I need to check my schedule. I'll get back to you. So it just gives you that kind of little bit of a break because often we say yes in the moment and, and we might even want to in the moment. Then we get home and we're like, Oh, what have we done? <laughs> or as you said, they're like, it will just take five minutes. You're like, okay two hours later. And then you've set yes. this weird precedent that you didn't even mean to. And the next time they're like, Oh, Suzanne won't mind. She always does this. And then next thing you know, this five minutes of two hours happens again and again, and you've mm. dug yourself into this giant hole. So the first thing is to, you know, acknowledge, you know, thank you for asking, or, you know, I appreciate you reaching out. Um, I'll get back to you. So, and then deciding from there. So say for me personally, I don't have email on my phone now. Like I don't have email. I've turned all my notifications off. And it's just so freeing. And then if people ask me things, like I'm an entrepreneur, I know a lot of entrepreneurs live in the DMs. Mm. I do not. <laughs> I'm like, email me. And it's really funny because when we were setting up this talk, you'd invited me to be a collaborator. I don't check my DMs. And then you sent me an email saying, hey, I've invited you to be a collaborator. Oh, great. I got onto that immediately. But, you know, it's like, what are you? And I'm not saying you don't have to DM. Like if you love mm. that, you, you do you. But it's finding what are the things that you actually enjoy. I don't enjoy it because this is how it happens. I get distracted by my phone and then mm. I don't spend time with my kids. And then my kids say to me, oh, you're always on your phone. So it's like having clear boundaries with work-life balance. But you have to create that. Like, and so many people say, oh, I'd love to be like you. And it's like, oh, I used to live on my phone. One day my son said to me, deadpan, it changed my life this moment. Mommy, you love your phone more than you love me. And my heart Ooh. broke. Yeah. And I was like, he's right. I'm always on my phone. My phone mm. buzzes. I, I'll drop immediately and, you know, respond to that. So it's like setting up the boundaries. If somebody really wants to get hold of you, they will. And then the story we tell ourselves that we're being rude or we're being this. But what about the people in our physical lives, in our actual presence, our family, our children? Um, what are we, example are we setting for them? by being so responsive. So first thing in how to say no, back to your question, is you know, acknowledging that you've been asked and you appreciate that. Because I do appreciate people asking me for things. And then saying I'll get back to them. So never saying yes in the moment. And then when I get out of the space going like, okay, perfect example, school's just gone back here in Australia. And we always have the chocolate thing you know where they send home like 50 boxes of chocolates for like four bucks each and they're like can you go sell these mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no so then you're like okay what's the school after here they're fundraising so what are they going to get maybe 56 50 cents a pack of chocolate maybe mm -hmm. so i'm like when i i'm not letting my kids go door to door most people wouldn't so what do we end up doing we buy 200 dollars worth of chocolate ourselves and eat them wow <laughs> so it's like thank you so much for this how about you keep the chocolates? I will donate $50 because then I save 150 plus all that chocolate. And then it's a win-win. So often I think we say yes, but we don't actually pause to see what are they really after and can we negotiate this? 
So if someone asks you, can you do something and it's just going to take five minutes, thank you for asking me. I'll get back to you. Or is this truly going to take five minutes? Like, let's break this down <laughs> so that they know how long it takes and that, you know, you can be really open about, you know, when this is going to be. Because the other thing too, most of these five-minute jobs, people ask you five minutes before work finishes so you end up staying back. Mm-hmm. And then once you've done it once, you keep doing it. Then saying, actually, Zishan, that took two hours. Um, I've done it this time, but next time you need to ask me before here or um, we need to negotiate this. Like most people are not rude. Like we, we, we tell ourselves in our head all the stuff they're going to say, but if you actually pause and have the conversation, most people are pretty willing and open to realise that they are kind of putting you out. I, I, lo- I love that actually. And it's just made me think of uh, how I looked at it as well is you're not valuing, you're not valuing yourself as well your own time uh, i know you mentioned family kids uh, and and for the people who who, who don't have kids and th- uh, at the moment valuing yourself your own time right so and and yeah if we give away our five minutes now which took us two hours it just becomes that oh yeah that person will now stay behind because they spent that time they didn't say anything they've done it we can ask you know we can ask this person again let's oh yeah you, you don't mind doing it do you and then you're like you're in that loop of, I can't really say no because I've done it once. Um, it's, and a lot of people, as you said, yeah, creating those excuses. I, I, how I look at this is you're not valuing yourself. If you value yourself, you will maybe at least make the point of, oh, yeah, it took me extra two hours to do this. It, was, it didn't take five minutes because X, Y, Z or whatever was missing and I had to find it and, you know, fact find all this stuff. Why it took me that long? But here it is. I've done it. Um, and as you said, next time if you need something, maybe ask me a day earlier or a few hours before so I can, I can help you out. Uh, these are my free times where I have some time available. You know, so everybody has that um, few pockets here and there where I'm sure we can support somebody and things like that. So now that you're helping others with um, creating this, so what, what does that journey look like for someone who might want to now link up with you and start this journey? Well, most people who come to me are the, are the yes people. So they have a really hard time saying no <laughs> <laughs> and getting to that place of it, it can feel frightening. It can feel scary to be like, hey, actually, um, I'm going to start setting these boundaries. And I think the reason is because often we do say yes to the five minute job. That's two hours repeatedly until we reach a point where we're so frustrated that we kind of semi blow up at the person. Mm. And then the person's wondering, Whoa, what went on? And I think that's why we fear setting these boundaries and starting to say no, because we haven't done it from a healthy place. So it's like starting to rein this in and get onto it earlier instead of when we're so fed up, frustrated and burnt out. So when people come to work with me, I have a program called Why Wait? Um, You know, what are we waiting for? And we start having a look at, okay, what are the first thing I ask anybody I work with is like, you know, what are all the tasks that you have on at the moment? And almost everybody says, oh, nothing, just this. And I'm like, so you don't have a job? Oh, yeah, no, I'm an entrepreneur or, you know, working nine to five. Do you have, like, pets or hobbies? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like <laughs> getting clear because so many of us don't realise how much we already have on our plate mm-hmm. and then doing an audit of uh, all these things here because we actually want to do them or we've just kind of accumulated them and said yes. So it's kind of looking at everything that we have on do we want to continue doing these things? If not, how do we delegate them in a healthy way? Not just, you know, shuffle and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do we ditch? Cause sometimes things that we've been doing, we can automate or we can ditch or we can, you know, they're no longer in service to what we're doing. Um, look at our to-do list and how much mental energy that's taking up. Because I think, you know, we, we often look at our actions but what about our inactions, the things that we're going to do one day or the things that we've been putting off or the things that wake us up in the middle of the night because like, oh, I haven't done this. And, you know, cleaning all of this up before we even start with people who are making requests of our time as we go forward. And then, you know, looking at how we handle that. And, and as you said, examples like these five-minute jobs that take two hours or 
these things that we've just kind of got ourselves into and don't yet know how to cleanly get ourselves out of. I, 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 so that's, that's actually a good, um, I love that. Why, is it, what was it? Why wait or what are you waiting for? Yeah. Why wait? Why wait? I, I love that actually, because when you were thinking of why wait also it's like, okay, so why wait to then say at the end and why wait for also when you're bottling everything up and then exploding at the end and the other person's like, Oh, what's happening here? I didn't know. Because uh, <laughs> you weren't sharing your boundaries. So I love that. And I can see the journey um, for, for them to go. So how long is that uh, journey for, for person? Is it like a, a few months or weeks? So it's a, it's a 10 week program and I run it four times a year. So some people come, they do one round, they're like, yep, got this. And, you know, off they go into the sunset. And some people come back and they just do round after round after round. I have a very seasonal approach to my work because in life, we often see things as linear. And things, things are marketed before and after. But what happens after the after? Like, you know, so that's what I'm, I'm most curious about. Whereas in nature, nothing blooms all year. So whenever we run a program, we're going to give it an artificial timeline because, mm. you know, that's the time that people work with us. So we start in the spring, like planting the seeds of like, what are we going to do this round? What are we aiming to achieve? And then the summer of taking the consistent and persistent action to chip away at that goal. And then the autumn, like, or fall, I don't know what you call it where you guys are in Australia. Autumn. It's autumn. Well, yeah, it's autumn. <laughs> it's autumn. It's, yeah. So the the harvest. So, so many of us, we don't harvest our efforts because we've set out to make money, sign so many clients, lose so much weight, whatever it is. We're not there yet, like at the goal. So we just refuse to do any harvest. We're just going to keep, keep chipping away or, or putting it off and quitting entirely. But even if you're not there, who have you become along the way by the steps that you've taken, by the things that you've created already and then we have the winter, like the rest, either between rounds or, you know, this, this season, this, this round is done. And I think this is really important for, for each of us in whatever we're doing in life because we can just always continually push the goalposts back. And it's like you might not be there yet. You might not be fully booked with clients. You might not have your, you know, how many thousand dollars in savings or lost the weight. I used to be a weight loss coach. But all these little things, the trajectory that you're on, these steps that you've taken have you know, are having impact. Um, so that's how the program runs, looking at the, you know, these seasons and taking that forward into whatever we do in life. I, I actually really love that, so that you're going with the nature and the seasons of, you know, harvesting and bloom and then autumn and everything. It's, it's actually uh, so natural as well. So, right, so because of those season changes, we change along with it. Even though not a lot of people talk about it, I, I you know, it's, it's a fact that when the seasons are changing, you are changing, your, your habits are changing as along with that. Um, Sometimes for quite a lot of people, their mindset is changing at the same time, but they're just not noticing it because they are in a loop of things that they are doing. Um, and I love the fact that you also touched upon, you know, um, the the fact that when, when you're asking them why wait uh, and they're saying, oh, what's, what, what you got going on? And they say, oh, just this. And then they forgot the, the whole day that they do other stuff, right? And then, oh yeah, no, this is what you need help with. But what else? That all needs to come through. Which brings me to another question here. So are you a firm believer of lists or scheduling? That is just such oh, a great question because... I find some people are really good schedulers and planners, but then when it comes to actually actioning that, like I remember a past client messaged me last week, week before, and she's like, I've planned my entire content schedule like out to 2025. And I was like, that's awesome. So when are you going to start posting? <laughs> so <laughs> I think sometimes we can use planning and scheduling as a way to avoid actually taking action. So I, I actually am a planner, but bigger blocks of time. So not like mm. some people I see their Google calendar down to the 15 minutes and I'm like, well, I'm impressed, but like that just exhausts me to look at it. Um, and I actually plan my rest first. So the very first thing I plan or schedule is my time off because that's the thing that we tend to drop. We're like, we drop our exercise, we drop our self-care, you know, in saying yes to everybody else. 
And then we wonder why we stay up late watching Netflix, eating chips and telling ourselves we'll start again tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. yes, I do schedule, but not, not minutely down to the thing and then get behind. And then like the time that I schedule will be like working on work. So rest first, then client facing time. So clients that I have booked Mm -hmm. um, their sessions, my program, And then outside of that, it will be blocks to work on my business, like, you know, recording podcasts or making um, the little clips you were asking about them earlier so we can talk about them, Um, you know, content, but not so specific that then I'll be like, I don't feel like talking about that today. So it will be like, I'll work on something, but not so minute. It's just kind of like I'm going to be doing content creation and then that's the, the broadest that I leave it. That's actually fantastic because yeah, I'm a firm believer of scheduling myself. I mean, I don't, well, yeah, I suppose when you're scheduling, a planning comes in there. So I'm not a heavy planner, but I do schedule stuff uh, way, way ahead in time. Um, and it, I love that you mentioned that you put in or schedule in your me time as well. I do that myself as well, even though that's in between uh, my po- podcast and between my calls. I do have a day job as well. So in between that, it's, it's in the calendar and it will pop up as a notification. Oh, this is there. It'll just say me time. Nothing specifically what I need to do. Does this mean I need to now do whatever that is? Um, that will be five, 10 minutes, depending on the day. Uh, usually I always say to everybody, you know, how many times we look up at the sky? Uh, and mostly majority of the people will say never or I can't remember. So for me, that's when, that's when that happens. When it says me time, whatever I'm doing, I'll just walk out or if I am somewhere, I'll just start looking up. Uh, and what that does is I'll just look up for a couple of minutes. It's just opens your up and broadens your mind as well. So that is me just resetting myself because uh, if I have continued, I'll be narrow-minded in terms of whatever I'm looking at. Vision will be tunnel visioned and then I'll be stressed and I'll be getting overwhelmed. And, and also, you know, because you're, you're just just going like a train with whatever's on your schedule. Next thing, next thing, next thing. I understand some people like to see themselves busy on their calendar. That, that's a whole different scenario of like, maybe you want to see that. Oh yeah, look how busy I am. But are but, you busy or are you productive? That's my exactly, question. <laughs> exactly. So I was, that's what I was about to say. Uh, you know, is that just busyness or is that actually productiveness in there? Uh, productiveness will come in by putting in your time. In between my times, I also have buffer time. So buffer time is there's nothing, you know, I don't yeah, time. Yeah, but so many people yeah. don't do buffer time as well. They schedule themselves yes. back to back to back. And I, I look no. at them and say, when do you go to the toilet? When do you have something to eat? When do you do some stretches? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we're exactly. human beings, not human dealings. Or in their break time, like you mentioned break time, if they do have that, I ask them what they do. They say they check the email. I'm like, that's not a break. That's just substituting yeah. your needs for somebody else's because exactly. there's somebody else coming in asking you stuff. So it's like, you know, true break time. I love how you said, look at the sky, look for shapes in the clouds, have a, just a couple of breaths of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all you need because that's, that's just resets you anyway. And, and I love that you shared about, you know, the, the time that you take to also work on your podcast and the clips that I've, I've noticed on your uh, Instagram channel. Uh, so take us through that because I was trying to understand what, what, what it is. I'm sure they're, they're clips from your podcast. Uh, so take us through your podcast. What's it about and what those clips are? So I have a um, podcast called Over It, Over It with Kristan and Suzanne. So Kristan's a fabulous coach who works on minerals and then I work on mindset. So we are, um, it's, it's, but we also disagree on a lot. So it's a, <laughs> it's a fascinating <laughs> listen. And I take some clips. So just like little reels from the episodes mm. and then I post them on um, Instagram as reels. And then if you watch the clip and go, oh, I actually want to hear like the full scoop of this, then the link to the full episode will be in the bio there. And it's just been um, what I found. I'm only a fairly new podcaster. This is our second month is people often say, oh, this is great. And I really love it. But finding people to listen to it, like you're giving somebody an hour of your time. It's a big Mm. ask for somebody that you don't yet know. So what the little clips are good for, if you listen to that or, or a few of them and go, actually, you know, I like the sound of these two, um, <laughs> then you can go and, you know, invest longer and listen to a full episode. Or if you're like, huh, they're not for me, then there's the, you know, hide or unfollow button. So, you know, whichever, you know, floats your boat. So I love that. So take us through a little bit more on that journey. So we're like, what, what do you guys talk about? I know you said minerals and mindset. So how does that, how does that bond? 
So how does that bond? So basically for both of us, a lot of our clients are over it, hence the title of our podcast. They're over overgiving, they're over people pleasing, they might be over consuming, uh, overworking. And so many people, it's not that we don't know what to do. Everybody knows what to do. We just don't do it. So what we talk about in the podcast is just whatever's come up for us in that week. Like we do a little bit of planning. We have a, a list of topics that we want to talk about, but basically we have the, this is how our schedules work. This is the time that we record the podcast, Tuesday, one thirty. But then when Tuesday, one thirty rolls around, whatever we feel like talking about that week. So, so far we've had episodes on, um, we've had one on planning, like how to get more done in less time. Um, we've the one that's coming out tomorrow is oh, we're, we're a little bit uh, salty. So <laughs> if, uh, if the language isn't for you, like I totally get it, but it's like, you know, how to um, give less of a <laughs> care about what other people think about you. So that's tomorrow's episode. Um, and then with the mineral side, like a lot of people, what I love about Christine's work and I never realized till I came across her, we've all heard about vitamins, like, you know, mm -hmm. having multivitamin or whatever, but like the minerals, we're deficient in, you know, natural minerals and how our cravings can often be reflected in, you know, mineral deficiencies. So she talks a lot about that. And when we get to the root cause of um, these deficiencies, then we don't often have the cravings and that. So we talk about that. Um, we talked about consent in business because, you know, how often do people like slide into your DMs and promise you the world? So we recorded an episode on that. <laughs> Just basically, you know, everyday stuff that, that comes up that we see with our clients or ourselves. And, um, yeah, then we just publish it once a week. I, uh, that's a quite interesting. I, I actually uh, definitely will, will check that out because it does sound like interesting topics are being discussed. And, and having two perspectives, uh, you know, two different worlds as well, you know, uh, to bring uh, and and here, I'm sure there's there's been few uh, disagreements uh, there. Oh, totally. Uh, we so... disagreed on our very first episode, and it's just <laughs> I think it's it's to show that we can um, disagree with each other but still respect each other fully. So uh, the perfect example: Christanne has um, children. I have children. Her her children, no photos, no names. Like she mentions that she has kids. That's it. And she respects their um, social media blueprint, and I respect that. My kids are all through my business, their names, their photos, mm. their, they turn up on my videos. Um, and we just talk about, you know, how we think differently about their digital footprint and we respect each other's opinions, but we just don't agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a funny topic that uh, hiding kids and families off of social media, because at one point they are in other people's photo. If you're going to an holiday destination, you're in the background of someone's photo already, you know. Yeah, so well, I, exactly. I, and I and the other thing too, I, I think about it is in, like, I asked them, it was funny, we had the return to school and I took the photo and at first they're like, no, we don't want it. And I was like, oh, because every year I put up the return to school photo and then later on they're like, oh, that's okay. But, like, I respect their, if they, if they don't want something shared. Um, but most of the time I swear my kids have a bigger following than I do. <laughs> They're like, how are my fans? And what do my fans think about me? And you know, it's interesting. I'll post something about mine, you know, five likes. I'll post something of my son, 85 likes. So, you know, they, uh, they're budding entrepreneurs themselves, but it's wow. about what feels good for you and what, you know, aligns for you. And even in, in lifestyle as well, like, uh, Christian absolutely loves kale and she has a garden and she talks a lot about it. Kale to me tastes like I'd rather be fat. So <laughs> we talk about that as well. Oh, I, it's, oh yeah. I mean, I, I have mixed feelings about kale, but uh, I have never had it on its own. I always had it in a smoothie with like a, uh, my, my trainer once told me, and I've never heard of kale before he asked me to buy kale. And he just said, put in a smoothie with all the other ingredients. So I never actually got to taste kale, kale itself. So I had other ingredients in there, which kind of hidden the kale. So I enjoy kale as long as it's in my smoothie. I've never tried it on, my, <laughs> on its own. So I, I'm sure I probably won't like it as well, because I'm very, very picky on that. Um, so coming, coming to your, your, your own journey as well, uh, and obviously you pivoted now, you're helping others to say no as well, without being mean. Uh, and, and obviously your bio was, you are a straight talking person as well which is coming across you know no no bs is this is it and um, so the what is your routine that you that you know how do you now stay 
sane throughout the day. I know you you've got the schedule you said, but <laughs> how what what is the routine? Is there like a meditation that you do in the morning? I know you're you're part of a 5 a.m. club because you're up at early hours now. I I love that though. Unofficially, so I don't set an alarm because I I just tend to now more naturally wake early. But when I um so when I wake up, it tends to be around five. The very first thing that I do is go for a walk. Um, and my husband stays home with the kids. They're usually still asleep. So I go for a walk. I get home. Um, I make a, <laughs> it's called yucky juice. Tristan and I have an episode about coming up about that. It's the adrenal cocktail. Um, she talks about it. I, I made it. My son's like, ew, this is like yucky juice. Hence the name was born. <laughs> so I have that. I do some journaling. Sometimes if there's time, I do meditation. It depends what time the kids wake up. So basically mm. I treasure this, this morning time or I record podcasts like this. And then um, when the kids are up, we do you know, breakfast and get them ready for school. And then my husband now actually takes the kids to school because he has worked from home since COVID. That's been the gift in COVID. So I was like, hey, this is, this is a whole boundary thing. I was taking the kids to school because I always had. And then I was like, you work from home now. So just having a discussion, I was like, could you move your morning break back earlier and drop the kids at school? And he's like, I don't see why not. So that's actually saved me an hour because for him, they just tend to jump out of the car, see that off they go. For me, it's a whole situation. <laughs> so I actually get most of my work done in the morning and then I um, pick the kids up from school and do after school activities with them. And then I have the um, evening uh, after family time, I put them to bed. I might do a little bit more work then. But then if I do work in the evening, then in the middle of the day, I just take my downtime, like what would be my evening time then. So it's funny. My husband comes down. He's like, what are you doing? Watching Yellowstone in the middle of the day. It's like, cause I can. <laughs> so <laughs> I think sometimes we end up just like sticking. Like I, I re- when I first became an entrepreneur, I think entrepreneurs, are the only people who leave a nine to five to work 24 seven. And it was like, <laughs> without, a, yes. without a boss or whatever, you have to do that for yourself. And it's like, well, actually, I like doing things when the kids are outside of the house and I like having my downtime completely on my own. So in the middle of the day is when I, you know, might have a nap or watch a show or do something that I really enjoy instead of staying up late doing it, then I get to go Mm. to bed early. So I get up early. So it just tends to work. That's, that's quite, that's, that's a wonderful routine there as well. And, and obviously you're waking up naturally early in the morning. It's, it's, It's a wonderful thing to happen. Like your body clock is just waking you up instead of like, I know there was a time I used to have like 10 alarms before I actually wake up. So be one alarm will come up and then I'll snooze that. And then there's another one that will kick in. And yeah, that, 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 that was a miserable time, you know, it is. Now, it's a miserable time. So I, cause now looking back at it, I, I can see that you're, you're agitated because of those alarm noises and everything, even though it was a soothing sound, whatever that is, you know, it's a soothing sound, but it's still, it's been, you've been interrupted, you know, other than naturally being woken up by your body saying, oh, hello, it's wake up time, right, let's go. Um, But I think it's it's something, uh, it's designed by the society for you to have, um, because my, my daughter's now 15, and she's doing the same thing. She's got like 10 alarms to go, just to wake up before school. I mean, I, I wake up, I knock on the door and say, okay, time, time for school, get ready. And I've woken up an hour before her actual alarm anyway. So, and that's the time she needs to wake up. But she has 10 alarms before that she will wake up, which is an hour in now. Uh, and then we are just rushing around. I'm like, I'm actually sitting down now. And she's like, where's my this? Where's my this? Where's this? I need to do this. And she's got her chores that she needs to do in the morning before we leave the house, you know, empty the dishwasher and all that stuff. They're not going to do it itself. And I'm, oh, I've got no time. I'm not going to time. I'm like, I knocked at your door at five, five o'clock, right? We were up. So let's do this. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the, I think it's something designed by the society that you just get trapped into. And then you just continue and you take it along with at work. Um, hopefully she, she gets out of it naturally waking up herself. Sometimes she has done it, but a lot, a lot of times it's just the alarms there. So fingers crossed for her <laughs> there. Um, so but also, too, I, as you said, with so many alarms, what people tend to do is hit snooze. So they're not mm. actually going back to sleep. So they're not getting quality of sleep. They're not awake. Or people wake up and the first thing they go to is their phone. So then yeah. you have all the social media, all the notifications, all the emails, and then you're like wondering why you feel so lousy first thing in the morning. 
it's like I don't even look at my email until I get back from well I don't do the school drop off but like until my work day actually starts because I'm not going to access these things early in the morning unless I have something like a podcast like this you might email me there's a different link or someone's you know something like that mm. but email is always someone else's priority it's not mine I, I love that and touching on that um, how did that come about for you I'm sure that wasn't always the case so of course how, did that, was... uh, how, how did that pivot happen for you uh, that you now are able to consciously not pick up the phone for that those emails or you know look for us so the time. first the the straw with the broke the camel's back was the moment my son said that i cared more about my phone than him that was like i had to really reevaluate from there because mm. i was like that is true like not that i did care but i could see how it was being seen perceived that way so and then i was like so originally i went to uni i was going to be a doctor i went to medical school and I'm a coach now. And I was like, there's no emergencies in coaching. Like there honestly is no emergencies in coaching. Like the person, the client might feel like it's an emergency, but if it's truly an emergency, they should be going to the hospital, not contacting me. Yeah. Um, so I had to step back from that. I had to do some like self coaching about that. And then I had to convey that to my clients and basically saying, up until now, I've been a hundred percent responsive. I've you know, had my phone on me all the time. Going forward, this is, you know, the boundary that I'll be setting and this is how things have to be. Some people were unhappy with that, but most people loved it because mm. they, people secretly want that for themselves. And when they see somebody model that, then they're like, oh, like I can do that. And the thing with it as well is it's up to me to protect and uphold my boundaries, not up to anyone else. So if somebody messages me and goes, oh, I know that you don't, you know, respond to DMs and then I respond. It's not their fault. It's my fault for like, not answering that. So mm. it's kind of like upholding the boundary. So I made the decision. I deleted email off my phone. Email's only on my computer. I, I um, articulated that. And then people who were in my program at the time, I was like, this is a group coaching program. So everything for the benefit of the group needs to be posted and shared in here. I will no longer be answering DMs. I will no longer be answering emails about coaching. Only emails I want is about admin, like you have mm. some question about payment or something like that. But it's about, you know, first deciding for yourself what works for you, then conveying it to others and then reminding them. Like if someone crosses a boundary, it's not, you know, me making it mean that they don't respect me or they don't this or they don't that. They just forgot. It's just a matter of reminding them or if not answering then they're like, oh, yeah, so, you know, so it's just deciding how you're going to respond to that. Um, and I reiterate every round of my program. This is how, you know, you communicate. And or I tag them in the post about how the group works rather than me having to explain again and again. Often people are just looking for regulation, like something happens, you're like, oh, I need this. And when you don't respond, then they're like, oh, yeah, so they figure it out. Uh, that's that's actually wonderful. Yeah, and you're mentioning that as well, isn't it? To to regulate that yourself, because yeah, no one else is going to do that. Uh, you know, everybody wants looking after. Hey, look after me. Look after me. Get, you know, hey, answer my question. Everybody has that, and it's like opening the floodgates once you once you start answering one, and then here we go. Your time's just gone, and so you need to be uh, conscious of that. And I, and I love that you shared this. Um, when you were sharing this, I was just thinking of what I do and how. I started to now, if, if somebody looks, picks up my phone, and actually somebody did um, the, the other week, and they, they just saw a million notifications on it, you know, like on the off screen, you can still scroll up, there's like millions of them. And they're like, does not, does, does not bother you? I'm like, not really, because I've acknowledged <laughs> it. Yeah, you know, I've seen it, but I have no anxiety of not tapping onto it and go and reply. Uh, most of them are just Instagram notification, Facebook notification, and that person's tagged you, this person's done that. Yeah, so I, I know it's there, and I will, I will get back to it when it is. Yeah, if there's WhatsApp messages, Telegram, and whatnot, you know, messengers and all that stuff is there. If I see somebody who is really close to me is message, yep, I reply. Everybody else knows that I will reply when I'm free. Uh, it's something that I created, because uh, I, have, I have a day role, and then I am also doing these other things. So everybody knows I'm a very busy person. So me getting back to you is actually great that I got back to you on the same day rather than a couple of days later. Some people I do get back to three days later because um, they know I might have just said, okay, I, 
I've set everybody after 10 or after 10 p.m. I'm like off, you know, my phone is on the side, don't do it. But this habit came to me from, I do it every year for the past four years now. Um, the last two weeks of December or last two weeks of the year, um, my phone goes on to do not disturb mode. That means I'm not on social media. I'm not on any of these things. Uh, the only members that can contact me are just my family members. So they are on the, you know, come through list and everybody else is off. No even text messages will come through. And that's it. It, it goes there. So anybody trying to reach out to me would not be able to do anything. I am not going to go into uh, social medias and everything. First year was tough. But after that, it's so natural. I just do it every every year now. Last year, I only did it one uh, for one week because um, there was a couple of things which were bouncing up to me and then I had to delay it. But that also gave me the patience of now not not getting agitated by, oh, the gazillion of you know, notification. I need to get rid of it. I need to clean my screen because that's what everybody wants. They want, I need to clean my screen, get rid of these messages, notifications. I'm like, it's, it's there. It'll stay there for a few weeks for me, you know. Well, it's kind of like housework. If you panicked whenever there was some dirty laundry or a cup in the sink or whatever, like you realize, yes, you're going to, I'm not saying don't do your dishes. Yes, yes. <laughs> but there's going to be more. And I think, you know, it's just realizing that, you know, it can be there and you'll be okay. And it's the same, like I, I tend to run um, a masterclass once a quarter and it, it's, I advertise it. I'm like, the link's here. And then when people sign up, they get the link to the group. And, you because know, I do a pop-up group. And if someone messages me, like, or oh, how do I sign up or, you know, whatever, I used to answer all of those. Now I don't. I'm like, they'll figure it out or they won't. But it's just kind of like, it's amazing how people go, oh, I signed up, but I never got anything. And, and if I don't answer, I see them request the group. Because what they do when I don't reply is then they go and maybe check their spam or check, you know, if they really want the thing, then they'll figure it out. And if mm. they don't, you know, but I don't need to be responsive to all these things when I've clearly stated, even in the email too, like when I run the pop-up group, the confirmation email says in bold, you can request to join the group at any time. Your request will be pending until... Like it's all explained and people will often message every round. There's at least one, sometimes many. Oh my God, I'm not in the group yet. And what do I do? And all this sort of stuff. I don't respond to those anymore. Yeah. Some people might see that is rude and that is okay. But the thing is, is it rude to me not respond to this or is it rude for the person not to actually read the thing and then ask? And then, you know, as you said, your time is valuable, but you need to see that as valuable and you need to uphold that first. And so many people... You know, it's funny. They'll get the message and then they'll go, I've got a question. I'll ask the question. And then they'll write back and go, oh, you've already answered it when, when I don't respond. So <laughs> it's, I think when we take ourselves out of it and instead of having to answer everything and be on tap and on call all the time, I left that industry for a reason. <laughs> I, I, I actually love that. And you reminded me so many, so many things that I, uh, you know, these little, little things that happen all across, all across, around me. Because I'll, I'll see these little, little, because uh, I'm part of these little, little groups, uh, a part of, you know, other people's groups. And and you'll see things and the person will then ask a question, which is already just been answered. And then you're just, you are replying to that and asking the same question again. It's like, but that, that is it's just there. Did you read it? Or you just like, just went, oh, oh, they will go, oh yeah, the, the link's not working. Well, yeah, somebody's already said the link's not working, <laughs> you know? Uh, and we just wait, see if the, the response comes through or have we checked why the link is not working? Maybe check the email. Most of the time, the emails or some message is there. It's just like, no, I'm, I'm supposed to get a direct message now because I'm going to ask the question. So I should get a response. Well, no, it's in the group because you're in the group. You need to just check because a lot of people might've just had that conversation. Well, uh, I used you know. to, the, you, you asked at the beginning, why do I do what I do? When I very first started group coaching, I, I was a weight loss coach. And my very first round of my group, people would ask all the time, what time's the next call? It's literally oh, yes. there. It's posted. It's marked. It's pinned. It's everywhere. So I would have to go and look because I don't know off the top of my head. And then I would do this. I would go and look and then I would answer. What time's the next call? What's the Zoom link? What's this? All things that were clearly stated and labeled everywhere. And then... I got burnt out. I got tired. Like, and the thing is, it's not the client's fault. It's mine. I responded to these. And then I mm. got to a point where I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And yeah. when you join my group now, if you join my group, it's all clearly explained. And then if people ask, I don't shame, judge, guilt. They're not, you know, banished from the group. It's just kind of like 
pinned the first time, like I'll tag them in the place where they can find it all. And after that, you know, I just don't respond. And I say that in the video, if you keep asking me stuff, I'm not going to respond. Not because I don't love and care and want the best for you. But often when we jump into a container, we can have mind drama about the surface thing. What time's the call? Where's the link or whatever. Or as a way to avoid the drama about the real thing, that's what I'm interested in. That's what you pay me for. And that's what I'll coach on. Let's talk about the real thing, not this surface <laughs> stuff that keeps us our mind busy, but not actually doing the deep work. I, I, I love that. And, and love that you've obviously went through the mindset side of things as well. Um, so bring it back to, to yourself in terms of now you've, you've shared your uh, you know, your routine and, and, and so forth. And in terms of how you're taking your client through that journey of um, becoming uh, a less pleaser, I would say, you know, because uh, I think there's always there. It, it takes a lot of time. And then I love that you do it through the seasons as well. So, you know, at the um, when you were talking about the after, after, I was thinking of after party and then after, after party. And then after, after, after party, <laughs> it's like, party's going for the whole weekend so so is that that kind of thing right so it's what's happening after or how you're doing and what what people tend to keep because uh when you do the first time maybe i don't know a few few things will resonate and they stick behind because that was important to you that time right that's what the brain was looking for and then that's what the mind hold on to and then you start implementing it taking the action by the time you're again it's four or five months down the line you also evolved as a person because of all these uh, new skills you have, you're a different person. You know, you, you've just had an upgrade. Now you're ready for another upgrade, you, which you can have it from, again, just repeating the stuff again, and uh, because now you'll be looking at it from a different angle. Um, I mean, I don't read a lot, but I listen to books. And a lot of time, I end up listening to the same book a few times. And every time the book is different, I'm like, I don't remember listening to this part. Where was this part? <laughs> so, so that uh, happens in two ways in my program. So now I always teach it live. So although the, the, the concept will be the same, the way I teach it will evolve because I too have evolved from round mm -hmm. to round to round. So I take myself through the program every time as well because you know, I, cha I change and I shift and I'm ready for more. And the, the dynamic of who's there and what they're asking shapes the material as well. But I think you know, so often there's only so much we're available for. We only have so much capacity. As you said, you can read a book and you pick out the – like if, you, if I'm one of those people who highlights the books, like younger me would be like, oh, how dare you? But it's fascinating when I read them back because it's like, what did I highlight that for? That's not that thing. This part, this part. Like the book is the same, but you have changed. And I think there's mm. something amazing about repetition and taking yourself deeper because, as I said, we all know what to do. We just don't do it. And a way of us always looking for the next program, the next coach, the next thing is us going from spring to spring to spring energy or spring, this is going to be the thing. Winter, it wasn't that. Spring, this is going to be the thing. Winter, it wasn't that. Like we avoid the summer of actually doing the stuff and then the harvest because the harvest is like, well, I'm not there yet, so I don't want to look at this. Like, you know, but if you, if you were an actual farmer, which I laugh at because I have like a black thumb or whatever it is, I could kill everything. But if you had grown like this apple tree and the apple was kind of like hard and, you know, whatever, if you didn't prune it, it would then start to rot. It's not going to turn into this amazing edible fruit by you just leaving it on the tree. We need to prune in order to grow. So sometimes, you know, the harvest isn't this abundant, rich, wonderful fruit. It's kind of like, let's just kind of cut this back or, <laughs> or burn it so that we can start again. And when we're no longer afraid of that, then we can actually move forward into the next cycle, into the next season, rather than holding on for this one and hoping that this rotten thing is going to turn into something magical. I, I that that was an amazing share there, and that, you know, thank you for 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 sharing that. Uh, especially the the farmers' examples is is amazing because I I didn't actually never knew that you need to be doing that with the apples tree, for example. And I was thinking, I've got fruit tree. We never ate from that tree anyway because it always tastes horrible. And so it could be because we're not looking after it. It's just in the corner, right? And uh, so maybe I need to look into how to look after that tree. Uh, oh, my sister know, is an avid gardener. I remember the first time I went to visit, my sister's significantly older. So I went over and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like cutting it back. And I was like, it's 
dead. And she's like, no, no, you need to do this. Um, yeah, because otherwise you never get to the fruit stage. So, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I love that. There's so many things going on in my brain with that. So that, that's good. Um, you know, we've been nearly coming to an end here. Uh, and I love that you shared your whole journey there. Uh, and there's pivotal moments in there as well. Lots of golden, I guess, for people to take away from this. Um, so everybody who's been listening to us now, uh, if you had a spark moment, uh, you know, any inspirational moments from either one of us having this conversation, uh, it's our duty now to share this episode with whoever, whomever that came to your mind, or if not, just share it. Uh, because if it's created that spark or the inspiration in you, we it will create that similar spark and inspiration with that person as well. And that's all we need to move forward and say, why not, you know? So we just start that. Um, Suzanne, thank you very much. Before I finish, I ask all, all the uh, guests, what would you like to say to the listeners who are tuning in now live on Instagram or watching this later as a playback or on a podcast uh, as a wrap-up? Firstly, thank you for um, your time and attention. I really appreciate that. And secondly, whatever you – I love how you call them sparks, Sishan. I love that. But whatever <laughs> spark you have taken away from this – how are you actually going to action that? What are you going to do differently as a result? Because we can control how much we consume. Like, you know, and I said I used to be a weight loss coach, so I know a lot about eating, overeating, binge, binge eating, but we can't control how much we digest. And, you know, when you take that spark and you're like, okay, as a result of listening to this, this is what I'm going to do differently, tiny, small baby step that you're going to actually action that's where, you know, the transformation comes from because transformation isn't what you do when you're motivated. It's what you do when you can't be bothered. So, you know, from your spark, what are you actually going to do differently? Love for you to share it with us in the comments um, or send me an email. As I said, don't do DM. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, what actually, because whenever I listen to anything, I, I used to get really frustrated. I listen to all these things. I watch all these things and my life isn't changing. It's like, yeah, because you're not doing anything differently. So whenever I listen to anything, what spark, I love how that's what you call it, am I take away what intention am I going to take from this and actually bring into being? And I really encourage you to think about that with whatever you are consuming and listening to. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing wrap-up uh, share there. Thank you very much, Suzanne, uh, for, for doing this. Everybody else, we will see you next Tuesday with another amazing guest. And thank you again for tuning in. And thank you, Suzanne, for your time as well. Thank you. Bye-bye.